Good morning and welcome to chapel today. It's great to see you all here. Great to have you in company with one another. A vast majority of the world's cultures mark space in unique ways. Whether it's an incident or an occasion, oftentimes there's a marking of that moment, a spot. In its earliest form, we know them as, I think I'm pronouncing this accurately, cairns, piles of stones. And sometimes those were to help you know where the path was, and if you could see another one down the road, you would head for that pile of stones. From our Jewish sisters and brothers, the word is galad. That is, the marking of space and time because of a particular event. In today's chapel service, we will be borrowing from that tradition and using this space to create uh, a moment of remembrance for all of those things that have happened to us, around us, and within us this past year. So as today's worship unfolds, you will hear uh, words about rocks and stones and reflections on last year's events. We gather together as a community to remember and to heal. Last November, we experienced death, fear, and loss in our community. Today, we seek a spirit of consolation, a spirit that binds us together and brings together the scattered threads of our lives, a spirit that joins us together in sympathy, understanding, and care, a spirit that weaves the past to the present and allows us to heal and to grow. Gracious God, we come to you with our broken hearts, remembering our sorrows. We mourn the loss of lives. We mourn the destruction of the fires. We pray to you to mend the broken cup of our lives to help us heal. We remember your limitless love and promise to your prophet Isaiah. I will lead them. I will lead them I will heal them, I will lead them, and repay them with comfort, creating for their mourners the fruits of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and the near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. Amen. reading today is from Psalm 27. I will read the first two lines in Hebrew and then the rest in English. Le David. Adonai ori veishi, mimi ara. Adonai maoz chayai, mimi afchad. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall tremble and fall. Though the army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, what I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me under his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry loud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn on your servant away in anger. You, who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me on the level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries or false witness have rised against me. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Here ends the readings. Thanks be to God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? For all of its bold confidence in the power and goodness of God, the 27th Psalm is a song for a people who have suffered and who have been afraid. Many of us have listened to the beautiful promises 
and consolations of God in Scripture all our lives without fully understanding why they are important or even why they are there. And then, all at once, we understand. The words have always been there, always the same, but a person who does not suffer does not need to be consoled and will not hear the consolation in them in any deep way. A person without fear needs no encouragement, and the hope contained in God's promise of faithfulness and protection is hollow. But then we change, or are changed, by life, by loss, by pain, and we hear the same words again with new ears and new hearts. Even those of us religious leaders who try to understand and give voice to our people's joy and pain can't do so with authenticity unless we share the feelings ourselves. For that, we need to be close in, and in that nearness, open our hearts to hear the cry of others' pain. A year ago, I felt very far from the agony experienced here in Thousand Oaks. I woke up on the morning after the shooting in a hotel in Chicago at one of the meetings of our church's governing council. And knowing nothing of what had happened, I went down to breakfast in the hotel. And first thing, one of my bishop colleagues came up to me and asked, is Thousand Oaks in your synod? And my heart sank, because somehow I knew that what was to follow was going to be something awful. And it was bad, worse than I could imagine. Twelve dead. Young people, mostly. Deep Cal Lutheran connections, of course. And the rest of the day was a blur for me as I checked flights and called back here to check in, and finally decided I couldn't get back here quickly enough to make my presence very useful. But thanks to the wonderful staff of our national church who prayed with me and then sprang into action, I could at least record and send back a video message by the middle of the day that day. But it didn't seem like very much to me, and I still felt like I was a million miles away. But I felt the love and support of the leaders of our whole church who gathered around me there in Chicago and prayed for all of you here in Thousand Oaks and beyond as we all wrestled with the grief and confusion and fear of that terrible day. And then the fires came. By the end of that day, we faced a different calamity, entirely unconnected but also terribly threatening. If it hadn't been so tragic, it would have been ironic. It became a shake your fist at God day when we could really ask, what else, O Lord? What else? They said I was in Chicago. At least I was there physically 
because I've spent most of the day in the hallway on the phone as I called the pastors of the Caneo Valley in Ventura County one by one to find out if they were all right and if their people were all right. For God will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Each of us, I know, has a story of that day, of fear and pain and confusion. Those who were here could come to this chapel and sit close by each other and take comfort in being together. Others of us rushed back to be closer to home. But the fires made it all so much harder. There were homes to evacuate and shelter to be found, and the calm and peace that the grieving would normally seek was denied as the frantic preparation for fire kicked in. A new kind of danger, a new kind of fear, greater and more intractable than that that any human could affect. Psalm 27 was written for and by a people long ago who were confused and afraid and needed to be encouraged and supported. They sang in these words of a God who was greater than their enemies, of a God who loved and supported them and would protect them. They sang not out of bravado, conjuring up a power that would always somehow keep harm at bay, but they sang out of the knowledge that no matter what happened, their God would still be with them. The God who had brought them there would bring them out again. The promises of God are not an insurance policy against bad things happening. Neither are our good lives lived in the desire to honor God and serve our neighbor. God's promise to God's presence and promise of presence with and among us is the truth we live in all the time. Whether we are thoughtlessly happy and don't feel the need of reflection, but very strongly when we are surprised by pain and grief. And God's presence is especially close to us as we mourn loss and try to heal and recover. In each of these parts of our lives, in joy as in pain, we feel God's presence differently. In these days of this week of structured remembering, of storytelling and sharing feelings, of holding hands and keeping silence, the people of Thousand Oaks and Cal Lutheran and the Caneo Valley have been drawn together again around the events of a year ago and the changes that made in all our lives forever. We remember those we have lost, not to dwell in pain and fear, but to encourage and strengthen each other for another year of living. Grief is hard. Memory is a complicated thing. The remembering of loved ones lost too soon is agonizing 
and sweet at the same time. But in time, the agony recedes and the sweetness remains. The psalmist writes, I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We honor those we've lost best by taking seriously what they cared about and believed in. Trust in the goodness of God, the duty to do one's best in all of life's challenges and opportunities, the need to grasp at every chance to know more and understand better what it means to be people of purpose in the here and now, and by spending time together in love and sharing our stories. Let your hearts take courage, too. And know that as you, as we heal, we are seeing the limitless goodness of God here, among those sharing these memories of a year ago. It takes a lot of courage to face realities we once felt better off not knowing. But we have learned new ways to be strong. And with God's help, our hearts will take the courage we need to keep remembering and to keep living and growing in strength and in wisdom. Amen. Holy and gracious God, give us hope and remind us of your limitless grace. Grant us deeper faith to find our way past trauma, to honor and celebrate the life you have bestowed upon us. Amen. We end chapel differently today. After the blessing, you are invited to come down to the front and write reflective words um, on a rock and placing it on the window in the narthex on the other side. Uh, this could be a word of, for the future, for the past, where are you in this spectrum of life. The chapel will be a silent place. If you wish, you can stay here for silent reflection. However, on the other side, in the narthex, we have tables with rocks, and you can do it in community with people together. Reflections, um, the same, where are you in life, and also an open an opportunity to talk and share.
As you move, you are invited to be in the presence of God's peace. Go with the blessing of God. Keep on loving. Keep on dancing. Keep on caring. Keep sharing life together in community. Amen.